What up, Charles? Exciting stuff, Nick. New president. And uh, I think we could all sit back now and just roll into 2021 and make things happen. Uh, if it were only that easy. That's what I'm hoping. And I say this from non-political. I don't want to deal with any politics. I hope everyone's happy. And let's just go build businesses. Wow. Did you see the meter in the back of me? My bullshit meter just went. <laughs> no, no, no. So let, let's let's hit what let frame the topic here. Where are right, you going? Frame this, and then we'll, we'll do our blast off. Uh, the framework of this discussion is: Should you go after franchise owners or business owners? We're going to address this next. All right, before, before we dive into it, I've been reading the, the Daily Stoic, and it's quite beneficial. Uh, someone in franchising actually gave it to me. Uh, it's, a, it's a thought a day that prepares your brain on how uh, some remarkable human beings used to journal and what they would write down. Um, so there's things that are in your control and things that are not. And the faster you can get your brain around the idea that you control things, only certain things and some you can't, you're so much happier. So the reality is, Charles, you and I can help brands, but we can't control whether people buy them or not. Like we'll give you the guidelines. We're, we're gonna give you the pathway. We're gonna tell you what you need to do based on the brands that we work with and trying to give you a best practice. But there's no control there. Like the reality is franchise sales, the control is not on the on the sell part, it's on the storytelling part on the front end of it. So with that being said, uh, with with my mindset being fairly, fairly solid uh, the last few weeks, uh, I wanna talk about business owners versus franchisees, who is your target? And I think to frame this, and Charles, and I'm gonna let you speak, I want you to give all of your opinions on this. Franchisees, in my opinion, and, and, and given like a multi-unit operator could still be called a franchisee. But franchisees, if we're gonna differentiate the two categories, franchisee is someone that's coming into the system that is not really thinking about scale, call it someone that's gonna do a job replacement um, or just barely replace their income. So when they come to the table and they go, I want to buy your franchise, they're saying, I wanna buy one unit. Business operators or business owners are people that come in and say, I'm gonna buy multiple units and I wanna scale them faster because I need to get the profitability and I need to be able to leverage my other units to get more open. And I think, you know, broad stroke, franchisors go after franchisees, but there's a clear differentiation in here. There's a brand that we work with called Slim Chickens. They went after business owners or business operators who come in who are not, uh, thinking short-term in their decisions, their investments. It's not like, well, crap, I'm not making money on my first week of being open, even though most restaurants do make money in the first week of being open. But the point is like they're thinking long-term, how do we get to scale? And then scale kicks off so much cash that now you either buy more units, you invest in another brand. So at the front end, you, you're, you're, you've talked about establishing the why you why now, but now when we're getting into who is your target and who is your persona, those are two different messages. It's like, 
Are you saying buy my franchise? Or are you saying here's how we cultivate business owners within our system? Thoughts? Yeah, so I, I like the topic because that focus influences the media and the digital. And, and before we even go deeper, Nick, I, I have a question because in my mind, certain brands or certain industries can lend themselves to uh, business owners and others can just, just accommodate franchise owners, right? Depending on the businesses, if I'm a lifestyle type franchise. So I think this is critically important. When I'm speaking with clients, especially on the development end, and we're talking about the likelihood of them succeeding, our discussion is usually that there's two types of franchises and one hybrid. One being a lifestyle slash supplemental income, potential income replacement, right? And the other is capital intensive, income replacement plus more, and then maybe in between. Um, so I think it's critical for the brand to understand where they're at in that spectrum, because then they are going for franchise owners versus business, business owners. So I absolutely agree there's a distinction. I absolutely agree. I don't know the way you're framing it. I don't know if a franchisor can just decide one or the other. I think they need to recognize you know, what they're built out for. So you mentioned Slim Chickens, right? So to me, outside looking in, well-branded concept, super capitalized concept. If I'm guessing an amazing item 19, you know, with detailed gross profit numbers, right? And basically they're showing franchisee candidates, hey, you invest capital intensive, you duplicate this box, you could generate this ROI, it beats the ROI in another investment. And there, there you have the um, business owner versus franchise owner. But I don't know if every brand can do that. Um, no, certainly not. I mean, it's a, there, there's a billion other variables that go in there. Do you have a CEO that's saying sell, 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 I need units sold? Uh, and maybe there's purpose behind that. Maybe there's an exit uh, coming. So you just sell to sell and you you build up the futures. Um, so therefore, you might not spend more time going after the right people. Um, but let me give you, give you a, a good example. Uh, yesterday, we were talking to this brand uh they will not franchise until mid-year of this year um but they're starting to lay their foundation right now because they want a great consumer story so fascinating to even sign a client that's going to be franchising eventually but says let's build up the momentum now with no franchise buzz um which i love but what their approach uh to restaurant development is they went with 10 corporate stores. Now, had to, the founders had to raise some money to get this done, but they put one in a financial district, one in an art district, one in a neighborhood, one uh, 500 square feet, one 1,500 square feet, one 2,000 square feet. So when you look at the, over the course of their portfolio, they, they, they're business owners, they're business operators. Now, what I find fascinating about their story is I said, how, how, are, how are things going during COVID? They go, man, our financial store has gotten crushed. That's not the story. Because then there's a pause. They say our portfolio, and in the food space, uh, QSR Fast Casual, uh, our portfolio is in the green. 
that's the shift of mindset of a, of a franchisee that has one or two units. If one of those turns into a dog, their morale goes down, their validation shrinks, their frustration climbs, their stress level skyrockets, their depression increases. Uh, they become a bad franchisee. And if you flash back all the way to the beginning of that franchisee joining the system, you're probably like, oh, they, this person's got the potential to be awesome. Because we, we do believe that people are gonna be great at franchising. Now the business operator who goes, I have a dog, my financial district unit is depleted because there's nobody going to work. However, my portfolio, because we have suburb locations to offset and try to figure this thing out, we're in the green. So do I think a franchisor can choose? If franchisor can choose, franchise development executive, sometimes, depending on the, the depth of the, the CEO's vision. Um, and, you know, ultimately, uh, so, so ultimately, there, there is some choice there and there is some discussion on who is our target. Um, Qdoba as a brand, uh, I really remember this, uh, that their development guy said, we're going to focus on multi-unit operators. If a single unit operator comes in, we're, we're, we might we might say yes to them, but our messaging, our positioning is all going to be around, let's get you three units, because we know if they have three units and one fails, they still have a protected investment. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the points here. And, you know, because initially, one of my initial comments was, hey, you may not be able to choose as a franchisor, right? And then as you're speaking, I'm making a little chart of a franchisor that sells to franchise owners versus business owners, right? A brand that pops up for me is, and I'm reflecting on our conversations with show homes and their franchisees, and I think their COO. And that's an example of a business that is really in many ways, you know, especially the franchisees we spoke to, they've become business owners. And that's an industry where you could easily see the franchisor taking a back seat saying, you know, we're just a lifestyle brand. Now that's how they sell and they focus on people with that interest. But I love the way they built up business owners and you could see it, I, I think. Um, so here's my grid as, and I'm reflecting on a lot of your comments and a lot of our videos in the past because now I would challenge because if you're a franchisor out there, right? Taking back my prior advice or my wrong advice, um, before you even get to your point, Nick, of, hey, where are we going to market? Are we marketing to franchise owners or business owners? I think franchisors first need to make that decision. And I, I see firsthand where franchisors start off where the focus on franchisee owners. And then years later, when we're at 100 units, like, hey, I know why I did this and even why you've made. But now I, we need to change gears. Right. So here's my chart. Um, Business owners uh, versus, so on the franchise, franchisors that focus on franchise owners versus business owners, right? Here are the traits that I see, right? The high scale, like slim chickens and whatnot, like you said, they have a management team with a CEO vision, right? Versus a founder who's just focused on organic growth and the next step. Well capitalized versus what I'll call on the go capitalization a deep dive item 19 that shows these metrics, you know, like gross profit versus no item 19 or one that's just limited to gross sales. 
um, franchise development systems and director. So you're bringing in experience uh, friend dev team versus founder turned franchisor. And the last one I would say, and I'm reflecting a lot of brands, system development and evolution that goes beyond where they started, especially in technology versus system evolution where it's just, what do we need, right? On the technology, those are traits I see in franchisors and depending on where they fall, their franchisees are just franchise owners versus business owners. Well, I think I think it's that, that's the half empty versus half full statement that you just made. It's are you building a business model, franchise model that latches on to amazing business operators that gives them that fills in the gaps that they have? Uh, they have the money; they need the rest of it, or do you let your franchisees latch onto your model? And, and so it's a half empty, half full. It's, it's, it's ultimately the same thing, but it's a mindset thing because the reality is a business owner buying a business. If you're, if you're convincing someone who's made a lot of money to come into your franchise, you're, you're asking them to invest a significant portion of savings I don't care if it's a hundred thousand dollar investment or it's a million dollar investment. It's still a significant amount of money. Um, so you're going to invest a significant amount of money into a business that you have no say in. You and we we can see it if we took a room full of franchisors. They're like, if my franchisees would just do what I say and tell them to do, my brand would be great. I don't know that that's the right mindset. Like we have to. If we use the mindset of we're bringing in sophisticated people that can impact the business that are business ads to our culture, then all of a sudden it starts selling itself. And we've talked about this franchisees sell franchises. So it's like some of this mindset shift. Do I think it's possible for everyone? No, certainly not. Uh, there are people that, that will scream, get, get me leads. There are people in franchising that will say, get me the right deals. There are people in franchising that say, let's look at the value of the deal and the impact to our business. There are people in franchising that says, whatever it takes financially to get the right people into my system, then whatever it takes financially to make them uber successful as franchise operators, those are, those are the 1%. And it's not it's like, it's, this is not brain surgery. It's, it is so simplistic on how to build a good franchise. Yeah, see, nothing ever is, right? It's, you know, even hearing these things, it's like it's what everyone knows, what we all know, and then framing it together, you know, you're referencing mindset. Yeah, look, if you look at the hyper growth, and even if you, and, and we could get into some of these comments, but if you look at the franchise sales organizations where they're selling um, at a rapid pace, I think one of the good things they're doing is they're focused on franchisors that are geared toward business owners. And they're not, like you've said, Nick, I think the point good, they're not selling franchises. They're selling business ownership and opportunity. And, and, I, and I agree with you. That's where you create that magic or growth. And I'll even retreat backwards again, right? If you take in Nick's points, if you hear yourself asking where the leads are as opposed to the right people to get into the system, and if you're experiencing frustration with franchisees 
that are really not business owners, then, you know, and we'll publish this. I think you got to go through this checklist. Management team, CEO vision, capitalization, item 19, franchise, franchise development systems and team, technology, and, and then your mindset toward development. Let's get into some of these comments. Yeah. about creating wealth opportunities for franchisees. That's the business we're in. I mean, agree. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think the 90% pay lip service to that, right? So they, you know, it ends at, you know, my, our company owned outlets or whatever are doing well, so you should do well. I, you know, and again, it's, it's like everything else, right? The top 5% get, create the most success. But I, 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 I agree with the point. I just think brands aren't doing the deep dive into that. Right, and Charles, there's been a surge in three pack, five pack, and now 10 pack franchise sales to people who often qualify financially for single unit development. And sadly, some franchise sellers are using a buy more, save more on franchise fees as the pitch. What do you think about this? kind of irrational and reckless multi-pack franchise selling. Charles, you want to go first? Yeah. I Look, I don't want to get in trouble, right? Because sometimes I get comments. I, by the way, any of my opinions are just mine. And I, you know, I, I don't, I, to Joe's point, it, it could have a purpose in place in the franchise sales process. Um, but I, I think it's used too often. And I think for a franchisor, we're working with a client that has had really good success, Nick. Um, but in the past, maybe territories were too big or multiple. And we've had a number of team meetings and strategic planning. And the point is, it's okay to sell less. It's okay to sell less territories, but let's just focus on getting that one territory open and making them successful there. The other point that came up and getting back to Joe's in our conversation, and this was some brought up by our client, they're like, yeah, I, we'd rather them buy less so they have that extra capital for working capital. So I, I, I right, so I, I think it's harmful. I think it's great in the sales process and whoever's earning commissions. I don't know if it's a best practices strategy for a franchisor that wants to grow. No. and. Uh, unlike Charles, I'm not going to put a disclaimer and apologize for what I say because I speak I speak my truth. Um, the reason it's done is because the broker has figured out if we can get these franchisors selling three packs, we're going to get more in commission. So there, there's there's other elements that are going into this thing. They also happen this way because it's not it's not uh, irresponsible franchise salespeople. Uh, it's irresponsible leadership of the organization that says go sell deals. So, you know, I know I know plenty of amazing franchise salespeople that are genuinely good people. The way that their pay structure works is they got to feed their families and when the CEOs say go sell 70 deals when the system has is not conditioned for that, they have to go sell to feed their family and unfortunately it is it, that is what it is. Like it's it's a part of it's, it's the cost of doing business in the industry that we're in. And now is that responsible back to the franchisees? 
No, and I, I agree with Charles 100%. Sell them one, give them first right of refusal. Uh, should they open at milestone X on next unit coming in um, and l tell them, like still qualify them as a three-pack franchisee, make sure that they have the cash to do it because that, that's going to help on the front end. And it will give um, a good baseline of operating capital should they not get there. So I, I would still qualify at a three to five pack ability to sell. If they can afford one unit, don't sell them three. Don't jack up that franchise fee to pay more broker. Like, that's stupid. Well, but so completely agree. And so for me, 90% of the time, it's not the right move. And I know specific instances where it's not, but getting back to our topic, Nick, when we're focused on these well-capitalized franchisors, right? with the right management team that are focused on those business owners, you know, multi-unit sales play a big role, right? So you'll see multi-unit franchisees that have succeeded with major systems, then have heavy demand on multi-unit opportunities. So, you know, I'd finish, well, at least I'd frame this as getting back to our discussion. If you're the franchisor that's built up toward franchise owners and the capitalization and team, this could be a good avenue. If you're not in that exclusive 5%, you're, you're going to be hurting your system long-term. Oh, let's go one more. The choice be influenced also by the quality and the makeup of the franchise support team that they have in place. Because game multi-unit owners have a different need, don't they? I mean, yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, yeah, Simon, like adding to our chart, right? That's a perfect point because – it, you know, I love how we came into this conversation because I wasn't so convinced about it, but like Simon's point and then yours, Nick, which is mindset. If you have the mindset that you need this and these are your owners, you're going to look to Simon's point and say, we need the right support team, which creates the right conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the brands that talk about, you know, the franchise business consultants and they're like, yeah, my, my franchise business consultant works with 50 franchisees. Well, then I can promise you they're not having good influence. So like that, that's too much. Like that's going to be hard to have impact. Um, now, my, my statement is this. Uh, I think us as an industry, shame on us as an industry. And that's not, not an association. That, that's the entire industry that we build one size fits all hats. And the reality is we, we need the back of that hat that can stretch for a big head like mine or a small head like Charles, like, it's gotta be, it's gotta bend. And when, like, I think we look at franchise sales, like what is the cost per deal? 10, 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever, whatever that number is, or here's how you sell franchises. You go on the portals or whatever, whatever that story is. It's always one size fits all. And the reality is when you, when you peel away the onion and you look at depth of leadership, uh, brand DNA, depth of franchisees, cost to get in, uh, quality of product, reviews online, social media footprint. This is complex. And I understand why the industry pushes one size fits all because it is complex and it's hard to get, really dive into these answers. Um, but for you, whoever's watching this, whether you're a franchisee or a franchisor, peel back your own onion, understand your layers, create your right message, and then figure out who your right persona is so that now at least the majority of your energy to grow the brand that you care passionately about is put against 
driving the right people into your system who if if you get the right person in and they scale you will make so much more money than you sell 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 get 10 franchisees in there who could give two shits about growing uh they're stressed they're not well capitalized uh they don't listen like it's going to be a mess. It will cost you more. Like slow down, slow down and get the right person. Get a business operator for all brands. Final statement, Charles. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, like I, I actually sent this comment this morning. I was going off on one of my Nick tangents. When I got on a Nick tangent, I just can't shut up. Uh, <laughs> I said, I paused for a second and go, man, Nick as a little boy would have never dreamt about ever having this conversation. But I love it. I love everything about franchising. I love, I love the, it is like uh, a Rubik's cube. Like there are times like it's, it's, it's hard. I could not make a Rubik's cube turn into all those colors. But when you do, it's a beautiful thing. When people do it super fast, it's a beautiful thing. And we praise it. We celebrate it. That's franchising. But majority of us can't make the Rubik's Cube look that beautiful. We can get one side maybe looking pretty, but it's hard. It's hard. So hang in there. Make 21, sell 21 franchises. I was trying to create some buzzword there. You're thinking too much. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about our newsletter. Look, I'm stuck on the mindset, and I, I love this formula we have here. It's a good checklist for, um, and I think it, we're going to put the checklist in the newsletter, which is, you know, check the boxes and decide, you know, who you're really selling to. So um, I, I like the focus. I'm actually thinking of other, um, so many opportunities, but just think of the hyper growth brands and where the magic is. And it's in this list. Oh, it's yeah. not because we developed it. I mean, it, this is all stuff we all know. Yeah. Um, thank you to our community. We've had a pretty active week on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, people are sharing information. Love that there's conversation. Uh, someone from Franchise Times posted that they needed some sources and gave. is probably going to give some of you guys some love. So I love the interaction. Keep it up. Uh, hopefully you're getting some insights out of our community. If you're not in our community, go find us on Facebook, Franchise Growth Mastermind, the one and only in franchising. We're Nick and Charles. See ya.